0: I want you to repeat something after me because this is the key to my message today. So with your big voices, because I've just been at my gen and it's loud. Kids are screaming. So I need you to scream it at me. And that is, you ready? God has a dream and a vision for my life. You ready? God has a dream and a vision for my life. Amen. We were um, down at My Jan and it was just amazing. I say it really cut in on my holidays. So I kind of had a little bit of an attitude problem, but the Lord quickly dealt with me because it was incredible. It really was. It was amazing. And the, all these guys, most of these guys in this row came. And can I just say a huge shout-out to all the parents. And I know a lot of people put money towards it in sponsoring kids and helping their kids get ready and, and driving them, you know, to Tagra morning and of all hours of the night. And um, and I know Robin and... um. Dave looked after quite a few guys. So thank you so much for that. And we were really able to bless a lot of the youth. So thank you so much for that. Um, you know, one thing that the last night really touched me a lot. The whole week was amazing. It was just a full on lead up. But the last night, um, Jude Fuquay preached on being bold. And he was talking about the zest that youth have you know that we sometimes write off youth like you're a bit crazy you're a bit out there just keep it a bit quiet but do you know it's the young people that make a difference because they're absolutely radical and sold out for Jesus Christ and you know what he was saying he said, why are we trying so hard to make our youth groups and to make our churches fit into society Why are we trying to look like the world? He's saying, do you know, every single person in this Bible was someone that was persecuted, was someone that looked different, was someone that was labeled crazy. Why are we taking the Jesus freak sign off and replacing it with normality? You know, and I think that was just a really good message for the youth of today because we do have a crazy bunch of youth right now. And I think there's something happening in the hearts of youth. I think that youth are getting bolder. They're getting crazier. They're starting to testify and speak the word and have the spirit of the power in their schools, in their, in their shopping centers. And I believe that we're going to see signs and wonders coming out of these young people. Okay, the title of the message today is Keeping Our Dreams and Visions Alive. You know, it's, the Bible says without a vision, we perish. And that's because without direction in our life and without goals and without something to look forward to, what's are there to look forward to. Do you know what I mean? We're actually going to look at the story of Joseph. And I think he's the best person in the Bible to look at um, who had a dream and who... Um, Saw it come to pass, and whose whose life was just incredible. You know, we went to um we made our way up to Byron Bay recently, and we're in our camper, and don't worry, I'm camping in class. It's very clean, and I've got everything all set up nice. And um we we're at Lennox Head, and we did a lot of surfing. Except I don't surf; only he surfs. So I did a lot of sitting, and um so. <laughs> I was just like sick of sitting, so I just went and stood on the end of the beach because the waves are just so big, there's no way I'm swimming in it, and um, I'm standing there and I'm sort of having one of those conversations to God, it goes a little bit like this, Um, God where are you, who are you, can you please talk to me, hello, I'm down here, you know I'm looking up and I'm really asking God some really, you know, deep deep questions about my life, about my future. And I felt like God was answering every one of those, but I just didn't feel like, yeah, okay, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that. And then um, I look up and in the sky, it was a sunny day. Believe me, it was 38 degrees. It was no rain. There was no rain coming. And there was a massive rainbow in the sky. And it wasn't like, you know, one of those typical... Rainbows. It was just like clouds and it was just through the clouds. Like it was like a beautiful painting. I thought it was my sunnies. So I take off my sunnies and I'm like, no, it's not my sunnies. So I put my sunnies back on because it's very glowy. And I just stood there for ages, just staring at this rainbow. And you know what came to me? I remember back in the Bible, Noah. And what did God do? He sent a rainbow to show that promises are true and that his word is true and that he never lies. So why does God give us dreams and visions and desires if he's just teasing us? I don't understand that. I don't think he does either. So um, we're just going to look at the story of Joseph. Um, It's in Genesis 37, but if I was going to explain the whole story, I would have taken like a whole book. So we're going to run through it and most of us know the story, right? So we're just going to look at keys. Okay, so Joseph, called at a young age, 17. Hands up who's 17 in the place. You're not 17. (laughs) We have one true person over here. (laughs) Oh, Alana. Okay, we have a few 17-year-olds. So he's called at a young age. Now, um, this is not just a message for youth, okay? So listen up. Um, How many of us had a crazy dream or vision or desire from a young age. You know, like something that when you are really young, young or young, that you had something in you. And when you're young, you know that anything is possible, you know, and then age comes upon you. And I'm, you know, I'm not that old, but age comes upon us. And um, we start to doubt that dream and vision that God placed inside us at a young age. But Joseph had a dream. He had two dreams. And what he did with those dreams was he got so excited and he was so zealous and crazy Jesus that he went straight to his 11 brothers and told them about his dream. And then they just thought he was a fruitcake and they were filled with jealousy. So he runs to his dad and he tells his daddy's dream. And then his dad gives that nice diplomatic response. That's nice, son. Well done. Yes, I'd like to see that happen. You know, how many of us have been cut down? We've shared our dreams with someone because they're out there. God is out of impossibilities. Why would he give us a dream that's just achievable like that in our own strength? He gives us dreams that are way beyond our own strength. So Joseph shares this dream with them, cut him down, and they ridicule him. And I'm sure none of us have been in this position, but they actually throw him down a well. They tell the father that he's dead and he gets sold into slavery to the Midianites. Um, along the way, Midianites sell him to Potiphar. Potiphar was um, Pharaoh's official captain of the guard. <laughs> I got that out. <laughs> okay, so he's now um, in Egyptian land. He's in a foreign place and he's a slave. Now, this is the first knockdown, okay? The first knockdown. He's stepped out for God. He's gone, yes, I've got a dream. He stepped out and the big cut came. The big cut where his family, the the worst of all, because it's the closest to our heart, you know, the family ridicules him, the family betrays him, and now he's in this foreign land. But Joseph serves the Egyptian household, With excellence. He serves it with enthusiasm and he serves it with honor. Why? Because he sees it that he is serving his Lord and Savior. Now, Pharaoh sees this and says in Genesis 39:2 The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. Now, Joseph found favor in the eyes of Potiphar. And, and Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him and he saw that he was being blessed around himself. So what did he do? He made Joseph in charge of all his possessions, all his household, all his land. And guess what? The Lord prospered and blessed the Egyptian household. You see, wherever you go, you carry Jesus with you. Wherever you are walking into, you can walk into a new age shop and guess what? Jesus is around you. Jesus is through you and he takes out the darkness because his light takes out the darkness and he takes over that ground. We do not have to be afraid because it's in God's strength that we can do anything. So Joseph's in a good place right now. He's in, a, he's in a pretty good place, what he thinks. And then the second cut comes. He gets falsely accused. How many of us have been falsely accused? You know, you do something and you're serving God with all your heart and you go, God, I'm just going to make the most of this. And then someone falsely accuses you. And all you want to do, all, everything inside you just wants to go, but are you serious? Like you just want to set things straight, right? You want justice. But God doesn't fight. Joseph stands his ground again. Joseph is sent to prison, falsely accused, sent to prison. And what does he do? He's got a decision to make. You know, I think most of us being cut at that second time by being falsely accused, sitting in prison, you've just been, you know, serving the Lord. You're sitting in isolation, depression, in a place where you feel like you can't get out. And what do most of us do? We just sit there and wallow and think it over and think it over. And we get deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, if Joseph in that moment had just stayed in prison We wouldn't even know who he was. We wouldn't know his name. Because, you know, it's easy for us to look in the Bible and go, yeah, but look what happened. But Joseph didn't know that. All he knew is that wherever he was, he was going to serve his God. So Joseph is in prison. He has this huge decision to make and guess what? He makes the right decision. He's going to make the most of his time. Do you know he ends up getting favor from the prison guard and he ends up running the prison? Even though he is a prisoner himself, the prison guard gives him because he sees that God is with him and he sees that he's a trustworthy man and he sees the righteousness of God pouring out of him. You see, you don't have to preach the gospel. You have to be the gospel. You have to live it wherever you are. It's not in our own strength. It's God's favor. It's his favor and kindness that gets us through. This is what I say to you, church. Do not give up on yourself. Wherever you are, do not give up on yourself. Stand strong and remember the promises that God gave you because just like the, the rainbow in heaven, his promises are true just keep at it. Now Joseph gets an opportunity and this is the critical moment of the whole story because how many of us get an opportunity to do something that is in relation to our dream but it's just so small and so pitiful and we go, are you serious God? Like I've got this massive dream and you want me to get on my knees and wash the floors or something like that, you know? But do you know that if Joseph didn't seize that opportunity and take that opportunity, again we would not know his name. So two people come to Joseph. We know that it's the cupbearer and the baker. They both have dreams. Now I love this because even though Joseph has taken this opportunity, he is still completely reliant on Jesus. So he says, um, To the cupbearer, they present these dreams to him. And he doesn't say, oh, yes, I have an interpretation for you because I am amazing. He says, do not interpretations belong to the Lord. So first off, without even giving them anything, he points them to Jesus. Do not interpretations belong to the Lord. And then he interprets their dreams. And their dreams are correct. The baker does. He's hung And the cupbearer is reinstated to his position. But he says to the cupbearer, go and tell of what has happened. Tell of me. I'm stuck down here in prison and the Lord is with me. Go tell somebody. But guess what? Blow again. The cupbearer forgets. Two years later. Now that is a long time, isn't it? two years, he's just stuck in prison, just sitting there twiddling his thumbs, just sitting there contemplating, thinking of all the things he's been through, thinking of these crazy, crazy dreams that God gave him. God, why did you give me these dreams? If I'm stuck in prison, how the heck are you going to get me out of this one? But you know, God loves impossible situations. He loves to reach out and grab people out of impossible situations. Why? Because he gets the glory and you have no part in it. So surrender everything to him. Two full years pass and Pharaoh has a dream. I love this too because, you know, there's going to be a time where kings, presidents, prime ministers are going to have crazy dreams because the Lord reveals him to to people in authority to give them direction. And there's going to be a time where they get these crazy dreams and they're going to call on the sorcerers. They're going to call on the magicians. They're going to call on the New Age. They're going to call on the Buddhas and everything else. But guess what they're going to say? Just like in Genesis 41.8, they're going to say, we can't interpret it for you. Sorry, we don't have the answer. Pharaoh is just so confused and it's really bothering him. And suddenly... Suddenly the cupbearer remembers. Now it's not the cupbearer's fault because it's the Lord that does this. It's his timing to do this, you know. So the Lord just drops him. Oh yeah. You know, I remember this man. He was a Hebrew man, he was an Egyptian, a Hebrew man in prison. And me and this other guy, we had these dreams and he interpreted for us. His Lord interpreted it for us. And do you know what? He was spot on. The baker died, and I got reinstated to my position. Pharaoh says, bring him to me. So Joseph is in his rags. He's dirty. He's filthy. He's been sitting there, but he's ready. He's ready. He's roaring. He's got the Spirit of God inside of him, and he's ready for any opportunity. You know, I'd hate to think if what would happen if Joseph was offside that day, if he was just wallowing, having a moment of wallowing his self-pity. You know, what would have happened if he went, okay, God, come on, you got to help me, you've got to help me, you've got to help me. But a moment ago, you were just angry at me. Do you know what I mean? We need to keep our minds pure towards the Lord in every situation. This was God's divine time for Joseph. And Joseph says that Joseph washes himself and clothes himself and he presents himself properly. And he comes before the king. And again, he says, he always points it to Jesus. He says, Genesis 41, eight. No, 41.16. I cannot do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. I cannot do it. We cannot do it on our own. But God will give you the desires that he needs joseph foretells seven years of abundance and seven years of famine he gives him this like full plan you know how to get through the seven years of of abundance and how to get through the seven years of of famine and then he says you know you need to appoint someone here and you need to do this and do that see god doesn't just give bad news he gives a way out as well and that's what the man of god is for he's for you know this is not just about one person but i'm talking to everyone in their own places, in their own dreams, in their own visions, in their own community, giving people not just, a, a you know, bad news, but giving them a way out, helping them. This is the fulfillment of Joseph's dream. He's in this pinnacle. We're going to turn to um, Genesis 41, verse 39 to 40, because I want to read this part. I think Renee's got it up there. Genesis 41, verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater to you. Instant Promotion. You know, Pharaoh hands over all authority to him because he goes, it wasn't that he was looking at Joseph. He just knew that is a God speaking through you. That is the one and true God speaking through you. And I want you to take authority. Do you know what he does? He takes off his signet ring. He places it on Joseph's hand and he hands him the authority. He robes him in gold linen. He he robes him in royalty. He gives him back his position. He gives him dignity from all that he's been through, from all the hurt, from all the pulling down, testing, testing, testing. He finally reinstates him and gives him the dignity that God had promised him when he was 17 years old. And then the last test comes. And it's the hardest test of all. Because guess what? Joseph has to revisit back to the original pain. Joseph's seen all his glory and it's been through he's been through the seven years of abundance. And we're coming now into the I think it's the second year of famine. And he's standing there in all his Egyptian outfits. So not he's not recognizable. He's in his wig and all his makeup and his gear with his gold everywhere and he's standing there and he's been nine years he's been ruling and he stands there and guess who comes before him but his brothers but guess what they can't recognize him now how many know that's probably a perfect opportunity to go sucked in you can't see me you can't recognize me moving moving along give them nothing please You know, isn't that our perfect time to take revenge? To go, look at me. Can't you see what God did to me? You stupid, pitiful people. Get down and bow before me like my dream. Bring my father before me and bow then too. But he doesn't. And he takes them through this process of testing to see where their hearts are. And their hearts are soft. And he has this decision, will he forgive them? And this is the core of this message. Will he forgive the person, the people that put you down that well? The people that discouraged you of those dreams, of those young desires in your heart, those crazy ideas that you had in your heart that you think, well, when I'm older, I'm going to do this. And then someone's gone, no, you're not. You know, those sort of words go deep. They go real deep. And this is brothers. This is 11 brothers and his father. So he has a decision. You know, forgiveness is key to success. That was Joseph's key to success. Because I don't know what would have happened if he just turned his hand and turned his head. And said, get away from me. I do not know you but he doesn't. He reaches out his hand and we're going to read this part as well. It's Genesis 45, 5. I think I paraphrased it. No, I didn't. And now, do not be angry with yourselves for it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Do you know what he did? He said, brothers, get up get up, when they recognize him, they're so shamed, you know, and he says, get up, and he pours mercy, and he pours kindness upon them, and he says, I forgive you, because you didn't do that to me, my Jesus sent me ahead of you, you know, God puts us in crazy positions sometimes, crazy positions that we will never understand until it actually makes sense to us at the very end, you know? But we can't be discouraged and we can't have hardened hearts. We can't be filled with hatred towards people for not understanding our dreams. You know, I always think of entrepreneurs. You know, they have these crazy ideas, inventors. They put these crazy things together and I'm sure they've showed a thousand people and they've gone, "Uh, you are crazy, whatever. And then, you know, like the next year, every house has a light bulb. You know, well, who's laughing now? We need to start standing our grounds and going this dream and desire in my heart i'm going to be careful who i share it to i'm not going to hide it away like i'm never telling anybody but we're careful who we say it to careful who we share it with and we take every opportunity that comes our way you know we, i'm going back here to the small opportunity the opportunity to interpret just a, a small cupbearer in and a baker's dream You know, if we don't understand, if we just keep going, but my dream's for the future. My dream's big. My dream's huge. Like, I see thousands of people in my dream. I'm not going to preach to two people. Forget that. I see myself speaking to millions of people. I see myself dancing in front of people. I see myself playing drums in front of thousands of people. Why am I going to lower myself and get lessons? If God wants me to be there, He'll just give me the divine ability to play. You know, but we have to take those steps. God has a bigger picture for you. Lift our eyes and see the bigger picture He has for you. God lives in the realm of impossibility. Stop trying to work it out in your head and go. This is my ten-year plan to get where God has told me to be. Yeah, take steps and steps and steps. But guess what? If you can work out how to get there, that's not big enough. You need to make your dream bigger. Because then God can be glorified through you. God did not give you that desire to do something great, that dream, that vision to tease you. I think some people think that. I think some people go, I have desire to do this, but I'm just going to like push it down because it's obviously not of God. You know, but if God's placed it in you, if it's in there, then in its due course, in its right time, it will come out. God keeps his promises just like the rainbow. Do not give up. Do not be discouraged. Do not harden your heart to the world. You know, sometimes we can just isolate ourselves and say the world has hurt me. People have hurt me. People have discouraged me. So I'm going to make myself a box and I'm going to stay in here and smile and only talk to Jesus because he's the only one that doesn't hurt my feelings. You do not harden your heart, but soften your heart to people. Soften your heart to the lost world. Reach out to them. Get your legs a bit dirty. Get on your knees and wash someone's floor. You know, just make yourself a servant unto God, and he will be glorified through the dreams and visions. Let 2009, at whatever stage of the journey you are, be a year of opportunity for you. Be a year of faith for you. Be a year of dreams reigniting in your heart again. Every dream that you had when you were a child, every dream that you had in your youth, let it start to bubble up again. Do not squash it down. Do not go, the youth have come through now. I don't have to do anything. Do not squash it down, but let it come out. Be unique. Be yourself and let it come alive again. Amen. Can we just stand? You know, I talked about different stages of Joseph's journey. And the different stages were, you know, when he's discouraged. When he first gets the vision, and then he gets discouraged. And then he gets tested. And then he gets discouraged. You know, you might know exactly at what part of the journey you're at. And I'm sure most of you will. Or you might not have a clue. Or maybe... You don't feel like the dream that God has for you is actually deposited inside of you yet. Maybe you have to ask God, God, what is your dream and vision for my life? Because it's God's dream that he has for you.